2016. Okay. Uh, on the count of three, we're going to say the first word that comes to mind. Okay? okay. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Bubble. Shizandra. Okay. Shizandra. Yeah. Shizandra and bubble. So like... Shizbubble? Shizbubble. Shizbubble. Shizbubble is great. Shizbubble is great. Okay. So I'm going to write this down. And so what do we think shizbubble means? Shizbubble. It is the bubbling excitement that lives in every human being. Shizbubble? Shizbubble, yeah. S-H-I-Z-U-B-B-L-E. Shizbubble. Yeah. What did you think it means? No, I think that that's perfect. Yeah. It's the bubbling joy within everybody. Yeah, that like excited feeling, that enthusiasm. Right, zero to 60. It's when that's, it's, you're being, no. you have gasoline poured in there. No, it's not Not that. zero to 60. Okay. Because that's have, overwhelming. When we have our first decline of the show. <laughs> not that, but Shizubble is just the bubbling, delicious feeling within us all of excitement and joy. Mm. And we'll start the show. We're gonna make it with Evan Denakis Get ready cause the show's about to begin Just like our careers Our day is almost here But until then we're gonna have to do it ourselves We're gonna make it Can't you just tell Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to the first episode of We're Gonna Make It with Devin Bonet, Kids and Cats and Lizards and Goblins and Angels. And uh, this is now 2016. It is a nine year, which is beautiful because I have very strong nine ties. It's also an even year. This is the ninth podcast, too. You're very right. Camilla, you can feel free to speak. Ooh. <laughs> and you know what? 2016, it's nine. Uh-huh. It uh, represents our dreams coming into final fruition, things actually manifesting in the physical realm. Absolutely. That we've been... It does. I'm very excited. And it's also, you know, if you follow this idea of the seasons of life, for me, I'm moving into uh, my spring right now because of it, which is beautiful. I don't know how old you are, but you're probably... I'm about to go into my Saturn return. About to go into your Saturn return, yeah. So, so you're about to hit y'all summer. don't know what that means, it's, uh, yeah, I'm turning 28 this year. Excellent. Okay. Becoming an adult. You're becoming an adult. That's so beautiful. Um, I love becoming an adult more and more. So... These people... Do you? I do. I love becoming... Well, not an adult. I love gaining more experience and having, having, you know, better perspectives on things. But I do very much cherish the sweet little boy that lives inside of me. Mm -hmm. Um, But all these people listening right now, there's about, you know, I want to say something like half a million listening live right now to us. Mm -hmm. So... um, they're wondering who's this lovely girl's voice that's speaking with, with Devin Bonet, and I'm sitting here not having introduced you yet. So I need to say that this is the very talented uh, and, and lovely and, and spiritual and um, progressive, excellent person named Camilla Green, Greenberg. Yes, Camilla Greenberg. Yeah, you said it right, Camilla Thank Greenberg. You. What's your middle name? Brianne, Camilla Brianne Greenberg. Camilla Brianne Greenberg. Mm. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. You, I wanted to start the show out with you this year as the first episode because 
you know, you have these intentions and these and these feelings that I really appreciate and want to implement more of on my show. So thank you for being here. Thank you. It's an honor. Show. She drove all the way over here. This is the first time someone's drove to me for the... No, it's not my lad. Samuel Davis did that too. I'm sorry. But it was... I'm the first woman that is You're the first woman. That's another thing that I wanted to make wow. sure. I wanted to make sure it was a woman on the first podcast of the year because I had, I had too many guys in a row. I love guys, but women are just better. I don't know. And check this out. Okay. The Virgo is rising once again. Um, so in astrology, if you don't know what that means, basically the feminine is coming up once again to be a balance to the masculine energies. And the feminine energies are um, uh, healing, sexual healing and um, communal nurturing and peacemaking and... Uh, and it's like a really powerful time for not just women, but the planet, because the planet, just the Mother feminine Earth energy, is is crying out. I don't know if you've noticed, but Mother Earth is having a lot of issues go on, and so this is a beautiful time for the Virgo to be rising again from the ashes, like a phoenix, so that we can heal the planet. I think that's really beautiful, and if it if the Virgo is rising. And it's the year of the nine, and it's summer. Then this is like seriously my year because I'm a Virgo. I'm, I was born on nine nine ninety. I'm like I'm like ready to receive the bountiful gifts of this year. And I've spent you know like a lot of the past month just trying to sit down and focusing my energy like a laser upon the concept of love, not the concept of love, but the the foundation of of everything that is love and it's been showing up in these, in these little beautiful ways. So I'm just very happy about that. And I hope that's happening for you too. I think it is, as you've been saying. So, but anyway, the first question that I always like to ask people when they come on my show is where did we meet? Would you mind telling the people how you and I know each other? (laughs) (laughs) We met in my apartment Yes. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. I want to say in your kitchen, maybe. Yeah. I actually, I remember, um, I remember I was in a very goofy mood after moving all day and I was cleaning the top of our fridge. We had just, my roommate and I had just moved in, Olivia Applegate. And which is why I was there. Yes. You might remember her listeners from the first episode. Yes. And you were visiting us. Because uh, you had just moved to LA as well. I just moved well. that week. Yeah. Yes, and this is this was almost two years ago, and wow. Oh my goodness! I, now all these flashbacks. So my roommate and I bonded over. Uh, we went to a potluck, and everyone was supposed to bring something um, to share with the group. And so naturally, a lot of people brought food. What I brought is a toy called Troy, mm, and Troy. Troy what is that? What is that stuff called? Those needles, the light. Yeah, fiber optics. Yes, like fiber opti- optic, little Things. guy. Little and so he, so I remember I brought that to a potluck, and Olivia and I ended up just like bonding around it, and we turned out the lights, and we had the fiber optics going, and we were just like grooving and. It may have been in my stoner days. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. It's 
I just did. And so I, so that night. We can bleep it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that night or that day uh, when Devin came over, we, for some reason, brought Troy out, turned out the lights, Mm -hmm. and Dev made a brilliant (laughs) video a portrayal of the universe and the Big Bang yes. using merely our kitchen. We were on the kitchen floor using Troy, and that's it. So it. Cool. And it's gorgeous. And you all should check it out on YouTube. It it's is on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. I just stumbled across that the other day and saw it again, and I was like, oh, look at this. I was like on to something cool here. But then I added voiceover later, and it yes. was, you know, it was, it was all right. But I, I feel that I've grown, even in my thinking since then, <laughs> a lot. So, well, it's not going to you know win any awards, no. but it's definitely something to check out. I showed it to a lot of people when I saw it. It's certainly a cool visual, if nothing else. Yeah, and yeah, the music and is cool that met. I did as well. Yeah, we, we um, bonded over that. We bonded over that. Yeah, I, I was over there, and and I don't know what I was doing. Man, I gotta say, Troy brings people together. So if y'all go to a podcast, I mean, if y'all go to a potluck, a potluck podcast, you should, <laughs> or, or just a, just or anytime you go anywhere, you should have a toy that you can share. Yes, I think after Troy, I started bringing water guns places, and I and I realize I'm an adult, but do you realize that you're I an do, adult? That's I do. I do. I really am. I'm embracing it, but. uh Bringing a water gun was another one of those things that it just lights people up. They're shiz- what's shab- they're shizubble? Sh- yeah. They're shizubble? The, the shizubble just, it just bursts. Freaking, it's like, what's the word I was going to use? It's gone. But the shizubble, yeah, just, just grows. People Troy love. is the shizubble, basically. Like within, within us all, we have this shizubbling Troy esque mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nature. You know what? There's a quote that I I like to live by that um it says what the world needs is people have come alive. So do what makes you come alive. Yes. And when I heard that quote, I was doing starting a volunteer organization and wanting to just be a good person and give back and heal the world. And then I realized that I was exhausted. I was resentful because I was putting on all of these hours and getting nothing in return and not taking care of myself. And when I read that, it freed me because it made me realize that if I want to improve the world, if I want to be a kind person and make the world better, I have got to be full of joy, full of shizubble. And so do take care of you. And then you end up just naturally being a good human. Absolutely. I've been thinking a lot lately about how that really is the only measure of a good man, a good person, is just going out there and giving your kindness to others and seeing that they have it within themselves as well. And if you open that joy up for everybody, it's like, that's a beautiful thing. You can have such a profound effect on the world just every day, every person you interact with, giving them your joy. And, uh, you know, giving them your shoes double. Yes, I saw a, I'm cutting you off. No, no, please. This show's all about cutting each other off. I wasn't apologizing. I was just telling you what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm cutting you off. Um, there is a comic I read, and it's and it's like a, a grandpa and a little boy. And the little boy's like, oh, I want to be a superhero, grandpa. And grandpa's like, oh, you don't understand. You already are. And they walk by this person who's having a bad day and really sad. And they say, and he says, your superpower, smile at that man. And when he smiled at the grumpy, sad man, 
that person smile wow. back because we have mirror neurons. And when a person genuinely smiles at you, you immediately mirror that. And so the man smiled. And then the grandpa said, look, you've had superpower in you all the whole time. That's so cool. And I'm like, yes. Because when you do that, check it out. That man's smiling. And then the next person he sees, he's going to smile. And he'll remember it forever. The idea of, um, not that I like know a lot about this, but I know about the concept of quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. It's anytime you meet somebody, you're then like connected forever. Like the moment that you come into contact with somebody and shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye or affect them, you're forever connected to them no matter what. Which is really crazy to think. And you think about people who who meet and connect with tons and tons of people, what that would look like is light sources just like flying out everywhere, connected like like a Virgin Mobile commercial or some crap like that, you know. Yeah, and even I'm gonna go even further. Take so it. I'm an actress. And she's an actress. We're gonna get I, real into that in a second. <laughs> um yeah, I, I feel very blessed to be in this career, but one of the beautiful things I notice in the people that I admire is they've lived. Like the the best humans I know are those who've traveled merely because they've come in contact with so many different experiences and other humans yes. that their perspective is huge. So they, they practice empathy just naturally because they've seen a lot. Because they understand. That, yeah. So yeah, so as an actress, it's, um, it's really important to have life experience, but even more important to have an imagination because if you can't fly to India and connect with a bunch of people on an ashram or you know, li- just living there in the streets, <coughs> then you can sure as heck sit in your bedroom on your bed and imagine that. And the the effects actually have been proven to be the same in your brain. So, right, yeah. I totally, dude. Imagination yeah. is my favorite thing, my absolute favorite <laughs> thing. And I was an only child growing up, you know, so I I had to exercise this imagination like a lot. And I, it's my favorite thing to do is like pretend and create. Yeah, look, it's activating your shizubble. It right is my shizubble. It just bubbles up, <laughs> and every time I uh, I think about it, the word imagination, is like a trigger of, of funness for me. And I, I like the show to be very imaginative. You know, so that is the thing. Feel free to answer any question I have with complete nonsense that has nothing to do with you, if you want. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Be imaginative. Um, okay. But my life is so fantastic. It's like perfect. the world's so great. You don't so have great. to be. You've already imagined Can your world just, up. So tell me how true. it is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. You know what? One of my favorite humans in the world is uh, April Wilkner. She she was on America's Next Top Model and a producer and we're now we're now business partners and spoken we do spoken word together and we're writing a script together. So she's fantastic. But my favorite thing about her is that she believes. She's a believer. She has a stuffed animal. I'm sorry I called him that. If what? you're listening, April. So Does she not, it's a does gorilla. She that? It's a gorilla and it's very much alive to her. Okay. And I too she, like, cherish my one, stuffed animals, by the way. Yeah. My every time is very important to me. Yeah? Yeah. It's over there. Oh, okay. I can't wait to <laughs> meet him, her. It. Puffin. The thing? Puffin. Yeah. The pu- yeah. I can't wait to meet Puffin. Genderless. Puffin's genderless. So, genderless. Okay, so Boo Boo is definitely not genderless. Okay. Boo Boo is 100% real to her. She says hello and goodbye and I love you and talks to Boo Boo and, and is v- just a believer beyond belief. Like every, I've never met anyone who has such faith 
in magic and almost to an in- insane way, but it ins- is so inspirational because no it's matter so what happens, there's a belief in magic. And like, it's, it's pretty evident that magic does exist. So like I completely but, am on board with whatever see, you're talking about. But I believe we're in control of it. Like I believe that sure. you need to practice magic for magic to happen. Yeah, and magic, of course, is just another word for something that's entirely indescribable using our language, I think. It's like many uh, words for magic. Hashtag God, hashtag love, hashtag truth, hashtag imagination, hashtag creativity, hashtag hashtag hashtag. hashtag. You know, it's all of those things. (laughs) Joy. Hashtag shizubble. Basically or or the 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 field of potentiality is some is a way that someone else put it. It's like it was described to me in this way, like, you know, if you're going into a supermarket or something and you're looking for, say, a sponge, you, you your laser vision is on the sponge and you're going to find the sponge, but there's, like, an entire department of other things that are totally available to you right there that you're just not even realizing because you're not looking for them. And so the field of potentiality is just all of those things that exist to us at all. The magic. You totally can just manifest shit out of nowhere, the pine cone or, or, or whatever, you know, like you said, your your hip, it, it's 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 crazy. I mean, there, there really is. It's it's it's, it's almost scientific. I mean, it, legitimately, it is. The universe wants to support you in any way possible. So it's and it's um, merely waiting for you to open up to that potential. Yeah, to tap into Absolutely. the, the, the shizubble of the universe itself. Totally. Well, okay. So even I had a meeting yesterday with. Um, so my producing partners were. Uh, we've decided to write and create a a film project this year. And um, one of them had very much, we were sitting down to brainstorm ideas, what we want to do. And um, my friend is also a producer. So she's a creative, but she also wears a producer hat in a lot of ways in very like left brain thinking. And so when we're shouting out ideas, her mind is now on budget uh, locations and using our resources, uh, the, who we know and thinking. And so she's got all of these boundaries. She's, I mean, not even boundaries, they're blocks Mm -hmm. in her creative mind. And like, it was so interesting and it was such a great reminder for me because the truth is there are no boundaries, but the ones you set and, and the truth is the universe is aligned. So check this out. If we have no boundaries and we want to create the most incredible story if it's whether it takes place in Antarctica or Hawaii or wherever in space the things will come the things we need in space the things we need will move toward us absolutely they because will. the universe they already responds. are moving towards you right now exactly in this very moment exactly yeah. so there is no room for boundaries we can put producer hat on later yes. when we're in production right now we're the dreamers right now we are the ones who are laying down planting the seeds for the miracles to come in and guess what the universe responds to shizabal i'm like Forever going to say that now. No, that's, that's a good one. This is the most successful use of, <laughs> of, the, of a made-up word so far on the podcast. It's my so, favorite. But um, it's really true. But I also think that there's a when you have a team of people, like you're saying, what makes a good team is you having this perspective and concentrating purely on these things and manifesting this and not setting your limitations. And her, you know, because her sort of grounding might help in a way, 
you know, in the end, like having her focus on that and you focus on this, you come together and with each other, you are able to create this beautiful thing. But I totally agree with you about argue your own limitations and sure enough, they're yours type of a thing. Yeah. I completely agree with that. So <laughs> we're getting, yeah, let's get, let's, let's, let's get back to a question now of, um, so you're an actress and you've been doing this for, I suppose, 27 years. Close, Close. yeah. Not yeah. not professionally, so to speak, for 27 years, but I mean, I 20, guess we could 20 argue years. 27 years because as a human, we often put on all of our faces. Yes, but uh, very much so. But I was, I guess my first production was when I was five. and um, That's so awesome. Tell me everything years. about that. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked. I um, <laughs> can't so wait to, to hear I your Oscar speech the- someday, by the way. <laughs> It's going to be, <laughs> gonna be so beautiful. Full of shizzle. So when I was five, I was in Little Red Riding Hood. <clears throat> I worked That's at, the one about the wolf and the... Yes. Okay. I, uh, it was ACT, acting... I don't remember. I remember it was modeling and acting. And so I modeled when I was younger, and that sort of like helped me along my path. Um, and the my first theater, when they were like prepping me for... For this career, I did Little Red Riding Hood. I played the grandma. I mm. played the little old granny. And uh, I just like, I remember, I think it was the reaction of my parents. Because they sort of humored me. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be an actress? Fine, whatever. We'll put her in some classes. We'll give her, we'll whatever. And get that out of the way. Mm. But then they saw me in my first production. And they were like, oh, you love, you light up when you do this. And I transformed into a granny. Wow. And that's all I remember is I remember that, like we just said about limitations, no, I was very much in my imagination, very much in my childhood. Especially Right? Then, so it's yeah. like, and, and I practice like now with my acting, like I'm, I keep reminding myself of my five-year-old who just was the granny. I just was the granny. And there was no one that was going to argue me out of that. It's perfect. And I came, I became the granny. I hunched <laughs> over. I like was like really old and my, you know, it was I so it. good. This was 22 years ago that this took place. I mean, yes. a whole lifetime for some. Um, yeah. And I told my, oh, this is cool too. People used to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, it's not what I want to be. It's what I'm going to be, an actress. Mm. You should have said it's what I already am. Bam. Step further. Oh, my God. Whoa. (laughs) That really just blew my mind, buddy. I was the same way. When I was young, I mean, there was no one that was going to convince me that I was anything other than an actor for my entire life until I realized that I have much even more to offer than that in the past couple of years. So it's 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 beautiful. I'm glad that you've been going after your whole life as well. And, um, but not going after it, living it, you know, like, like you just said, you just caught me in that. Yeah. Like not going after anything. Like I. Right. Just, just being it. it. You already have it which, all. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean. The, this is a real serious truth about the reality that we are in that is really hard for people to grasp because of how much everyone around them tries to convince you that it's not true. But it is fucking true. You have everything you could ever need right fucking now in this mm-hmm. moment. That's the truth. And you can feel it. You close your eyes. You can feel it like coming through your whole body. Like 
It's it's shizabble, all there. Shizabble, shizabble, shizabble. Shizabble, shizabble. Well, I take a shizabble mantra song. I, think. <laughs> I know, seriously. But um, um, okay, but to, yeah. to to play around within the illusion of everything else for a little while, I want you to tell me a bit about your professional journey and where you've gone. I think you you've recently had some pretty cool success in in acting. Is that correct? Well, I think I've had um, a pretty nice run in Los Angeles. Of my of my success, my I've been out here for ten years. That's right. You moved here at seventeen. And at seventeen, I was. I mean, can I tell my story? Yeah, please and then do. You just please you know, tell the shut story. Shut me up when it's too much. But I I was in a show in a local access show. Um, Twelve years after with the Red Max Riding Hood, Adler. If y'all, yeah, if y'all know him, and uh, he and I were just doing this silly little like Mickey Mouse Clubby kind of show, and the producer who looking back was very creepy and I probably shouldn't have spent so much time with him. Uh, he brought, he would bring me out to Los Angeles and, uh, somehow I got some meetings and the first meeting was with Shia LaBeouf's agency at the time. And they said, we'd love to get you working out here, but you need to live here. And I have incredibly supportive parents and they said, okay. So got my GED and, uh, moved out here and, in a few months, I, I as soon as I turned 18, I booked my first role. It was for Nickelodeon. It was starring as a series regular in a pilot. That's so great. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great thing to happen to you at that age. Okay. Yeah, it and was. Then what happened it was with a that? lot. And um, and then after that, it was that the pilot did not get picked up, unfortunately. Um, and then. But I'd been working, I'd worked, I started working like every three months pretty consistently up until a point where I had the questions. I had to question my life, why I'm, why I was in this business because I wasn't happy. I would be on set, you know, with like on the top show and have the director talk to me. And all I could think was, I'm, I'm terrible. The only reason you hired me is because I have big boobs. Like all of these beliefs that were, Suffocating me. I didn't think I was good enough. That were implemented by everyone around you, likely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and just just the, um, I mean, if you don't have strong roots, then the wind can tear you down. And I wasn't rooted in belief in myself. So everyone around me believed in me and my talent, but I didn't believe in myself. Right, so you were just I going crashed. off what everyone said. You were like, oh, okay, I guess I am this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I decided that I would try to pursue other things, went to some college, took some college courses. I'm interested in nutrition and spirituality and um, philanthropy uh, and psychology. And so I, I explored other things. And I had this professor who is just a total, oh my God, <laughs> she's see such her a goddess. She's light up when you think I about know. her. I <laughs> know. Uh, Dr. Edelman, and now I'm going to tell her about this, so hopefully you can, you can listen to this. Um, it was a writing class, and she had so many PhDs in psychology, in writing, and she was, she was spiritual. She was like just a goddess guru. And I remember we sat down, and I told her where I was with my acting. I said... I don't know, I want to do something bigger and better for the world. I don't know about this industry. And she looked at me and she goes, Camilla, you have a genius IQ. You could do anything in the entire world you want to do. You, you shoot for your dreams. 
this is the time. You can be a teacher, you can be a writer at any age in your life, but right now is the prime time for you to go for the big, the big goal. And it was in that moment, because I was sure she was going to tell me to have a scholastic career, because right. both of my parents are professors and you know, have their PhDs and everything. And so I, I was like expecting her. I even came to her with the hopes that she would tell me to just enroll fully in college and go that route. And she didn't. She told me to follow my dreams. And it that's was beautiful. Shift. Yeah. And that, that's so good, man. You just had, an, you had the right light person just nudge you in the right direction, which is so important like for everyone in life. Because we're all just wondering, like, running around the playground, not knowing what to do with ourselves. And that's beautiful. Someone came up to you and said, hey, I noticed that you really love to play on the swings. You should probably keep playing on the swings. Yeah, like reminding you of who you are, which yeah. is why I think it's so important to have a good foundation, like a good group of people around you. Like you're, no I doubt. like, you know that uh, song Cheerleader? That O and O and I or some singer. So I hit, I finally found a cheerleader. She is always right there when I need her. So, and I play it and I think of all of the amazing women that I've brought into my life that just cheer me on. Yeah. And like remind me of who I am because I have had some more success in the acting world. And it's so great that to not celebrate that alone. Like totally. I never used to watch with anyone and my, my girlfriends threw me a viewing party. Oh, that's cool. For the first time in my life. I've been on like 13 shows. I've never had this happen. And, and it was like, un, ugh, it's just the best, man. I just want to celebrate success with everyone. You should. It's just, okay. Yes! <laughs> yes! No, it's beautiful to, to meet a group of friends who like really support you and appreciate you and have a similar point of view as you. I've always kind of, I've never had that like completely myself personally because I don't know, I suppose I'm kind of a lone wolf or I'm kind of like can get along with anybody. I, I, you know, so I end up finding out what it is I have in common with people and, and making friends off of that, whatever, whatever it is. And then the stuff that I really care about deeply, there's always some element of it, but it's never like a firm group. Or, like, I join other people's groups, you know, and I come and I'm like, I see that. But I just think it's beautiful that you're forming that that group. Yeah, I think it's part of being an adult, like, the age range that you're in right now. Yeah. We have uh, seven seven year increments in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And the seven-year part that you're in right now um, has to do with leaving your teenagehood behind, your rebellious nature behind, yeah. and really coming into who you are and what you actually want to do in the world. And mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I'm at the last end of this where it's really coming up. So all of the rebellious nature is like, I'm very aware of it. Yes. And it's coming out even more. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to get rid of this shit. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have it too. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not... It's kind of a problem with acting almost, too, because I just don't like being told what to do. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is an issue with me. Like, I, I have, I cling on to my ego and my vision, and I, I want, like, you know, to be the person in charge of my point of view and mm. what I'm doing. So with acting, it's kind of, I think that is why maybe I haven't fallen so desperately in love with it as I used to be, because I realized that unless the marriage between the director and myself is really on point... I like don't, I'm like not interested, you know? 
in wow, it. Wow, yeah. Yeah, you know that that's a human thing. Yeah. The moment someone, and that's why there's a lot of failed marriages in my opinion, is because the moment you tell someone they have to do something, the brain immediately goes to all the reasons right. why they don't want to. I know. And so any sort of like, any sort of chains we put on ourselves, we have to unleash them and just have faith in ourselves and the universe because like I'm in an acting class right now and you're supposed to do an hour of imagination work every day and I, for the love of God, cannot do it. And <laughs> an will hour's not a long do time. It. Yeah, but it's also not. Like yeah. if you, you if it's it what up? you want to do, do, no. 10 minutes here, 10 minutes No, here. and I'm sure that this is the idea. I bet you this is the science behind this class because I think that the breakthrough is every day when you sit down and you have that, I don't want to do it fit, um, the moment you start moving past that and realizing that you're a professional and professionals need to mm-hmm. do sit down work. and do the uncomfortable work in yeah. order to get to set and play um, and do what they love, that's, I think, when you really reach uh, substantial success. Mm-hmm. And success not even meaning working all the time, but success in a mode of life. The, I like know? to say, um, in your case, it'd be Camilla Hood. In my case, it'd be Devin Hood. Oh, ooh, ooh, you know? yeah, I like <laughs> it. Yeah. Just add Hood to your name, and uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you can find it. But you're very right. Putting in the work, God damn it all. That's, that's exactly what needs to be done, and it's, it can be very difficult. For no reason. But it should be. But that's the thing. When you realize that you're the one having the fit for no reason, it's actually something I love to do. You're like, oh, oh, um, like if I told you, Devin, for one hour every day, I want you to just dance naked and have a good time, listen to your favorite music. You'd be like, it sounds awesome, right? Yeah. But because I just told you to do it, Uh you are not going to do that that shit. So it is tough. And and, and another thing that's tough is when you start personally having these spiritual developments and these things and you want to share them with other people. But it's hard for exactly this reason to help other people along this path because of that telling them what to do, you know, even if it is a positive thing, you know, it's like someone's whatever their arm is hurting and you're like okay well just you know don't think about the fact that your arm is hurting and, <laughs> and remember all this shit and they're like fuck you dude my arm is hurting i know you know no the way the like and this is part of becoming coming into my camilla hood too is that nobody wants a martyr nobody wants to be told what to do no. what we want is empathy what we want is someone who said "Ooh, my arm hurts too yeah and when i see you in pain i'm in pain and totally. that sucks and then also like should we, what should what should we do about it? Yeah. Like to this togetherness idea, yeah. um, instead of the judgment of like, oh, you hurt your arm. Well, <laughs> you should be more careful. Yeah, you should be more you know? careful. Yeah. you should like think about something else. Stop burdening me right. with the fact that your arm <laughs> totally, hurts. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Like it's tough. So I think that yeah, I think whatever <laughs> I'm meant to do on this earth has a lot to do with with communication in that way. I don't know exactly what it is, but I want to help people communicate with one another. <sighs> For like a better, you know, purpose, higher purpose. Um, well, that's okay. That's beautiful. I feel like we covered some good ground. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and you can do a spoken word poem if, if, if you'd like to do that. Yeah, that I would lovely? love to. That's amazing. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, everyone. Just go, you know, do whatever you got to do. Um, hit the 15 second fast forward button. Just get straight back to it. We'll be back. We're going to make it with Monday.
Welcome back, everybody. To we're going to make it the podcast with Evan Bonet, Kids and Cats. And uh, we're back here with Camilla Greenberg, who's uh, a poet, a beautiful poet. And she's going to give us some spoken word right now. And it's going to be lovely. Um, so here, here we go. <clears throat> we want to start a revolution, but must unite to succeed. So if we're teaming up, here are fun facts about me. Yellow is my favorite color. It's the energy of the sun, the solar plexus, Tweety Bird, and summer fun. You could say I'm quite happy, a cheerful chick. Sometimes it brightens days, other times makes people sick. Their reactions reflected had me a bit worried, because my joy is their joy, so how'd it cause such a flurry? See, nine years ago today, I was in a different headspace, repeating the recordings of destructive head tapes, losing more and more sanity every day I awoke, spiraling down tunnels with no in case of emergency rope. There was no way out, I just had to come awake accept responsibility if I wanted to escape. See, I know what I've accomplished. I can feel it in my cells. It's not for everyone to know, but it's of me to be of help. I rose from the dark to contribute to this world. So if it's joy I choose, then get over it, boys and girls. Today, I'm gonna be the light I was born to be. Give even more of the best of me. Set sail across each ocean with every intention from devotion. Today and every day, I'm going to choose joy. Despite what the media wants, despite how I was raised, despite the continuous ways that I've been shamed because I have come into my power. That's right, ladies. This is my finest hour. I have filled my cup so I will never need his. I am committed to this road of following bliss. I gave up my ideas of freedom to finally be free. And now I'm communing with the deepest parts of me, which is you, which is us which is love. I am in love. I live it. I breathe it. And when I see a tunnel that escapes from it, though I may peek in from time to time, the purpose is merely to remind because living is light. It means experiencing the dark, which is you, which is us, which is merely a soul lacking love. So I stand before you to love you, to light you up just long enough to be reminded of who you really are, just long enough for you to be among the stars. Stop waiting in line for a purpose to be given and give a purpose a home for it to live in. Wake up, come alive, because the world needs you, and now is the time. Yes, you can hear the crowd is going crazy. Over it's that. called Shazubble. That was, okay, that poem is called Shazubble. That was awesome, dude. That was totally awesome. Um, wow. So you have a ton of things written like that, and you just have them all memorized, or is that one just specifically fresh? I have, I think, the ones that are dearest to my heart. Yeah. Uh, they just live in me and never mm-hmm. leave. That was um, great. Quit waiting for a purpose to be given and give a purpose a home to live in. I love that. Yes, That's absolutely. a great line. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, but I do, I do uh, whatever comes through. So whatever subject, I have all different kinds. Like yeah. whether it comes to romantic relationships, addiction, um, the, in, the film industry. Whatever. Girls, you know. Boys. Boys, family. Yeah. The world. That, war. Yeah, whatever yeah. issue. I mean, be mm-hmm. pine cones, um, pine. street sweeping. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, you give me there. a subject, I will write a rhyme. Go on, yes. 
Yeah, you're gonna put beats behind those things, maybe, you know? Mm. Some beats, uh, some rapping, you know? Camilla Greenberg rap album, uh, yeah. s- spoken word rap album. Yeah. You don't like that, huh? May- maybe, maybe my future. I've actually had a few published, but I just, yeah, I actually prefer to have no the music. live audience or the performance aspect of it because I think that there's a telling of a poem mm-hmm. that that um I just think it's I think it's really important that people follow yeah, both so, yeah true yeah that's what people do generally they go and record an album and then they do it live cool yeah they sl- I mean that was yeah that was really lovely um so thank you for that thank you for that genuinely yeah. thank you thank for everybody you who for heard s- that I'm sure, I'm sure that inspired everybody who was freaking listening to it to just you know, kind of a loving energy. And I, it's like, I feel that you are also like working out all of your feelings within doing that all at once, which is really cool. You know, you have like these moments of like anger almost, and you have these moments of like joy and then like calm. And it's just all of your, did you see that movie Hector and the search for happiness? No, it sounds amazing. Oh man, it's lovely. You should, you should definitely watch it. Um, Simon Pegg is in it and he just goes on a search across the world, like to find happiness and, you know, at the end, it's kind of just discovered that it's all emotions at once is yeah. what the true happiness is. So that's kind of the vibe that I got from that just now. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. You're welcome. And we're going to take another quick little break and we'll be right back with some more interviewing. <sighs> show everybody we're gonna make it the podcast with tom Katz and everyone else um here with camilla greenberg and uh she before we got here to this podcast we're walking over here and she stopped and picked up a pine cone off the ground and gave it to me and now i have a new pet pine cone to be in here and i'm just looking at it and i just thought that you you know half a million listeners as you are would love to know that so now you do camilla your eyes let's talk about them where do they come from <laughs> my eyes uh pallades pallades yeah okay another planet i don't know yeah another yeah planet. where they come from um i actually do, you know i don't usually talk with people about this on the show but i am kind of interested to talk with you about that concept of romantic love and romantic relationships and how that has affected you and where you're at right now with that in your life? Oh, what a terrible and terrifying um, subject to discuss Indeed. publicly, which I'm right. very it grateful. That, that's why I'm I don't generally talk you... about it because it, cause it yeah. is kind of, you know, intense to talk about. So you don't have to, no, nothing specific if you well, don't Well, I have something specific sure. that recently came up. Um, I, I've always lived my life uh, with the idea that I want to be that there should be no boundaries, there should be no blocks, there should always be an open heart. Live your life with an open heart. That's my belief. I believe that everyone's our family, everyone's love in their true nature, and so and nothing can harm you um, with that knowledge. The unfortunate part is we don't live in a world that that really keeps people like that safe. So right. I have lived most of my life overexposed, and then I. I am very sensitive 
you know, people say you're sensitive. Mm -hmm. Well, it's only because I live with my heart on my sleeve proudly. Um, I let everyone into my home, I, you know, and my heart. Yeah. And then I kept wondering, well, how come I keep getting burned? How come it hurts so much to love people? How come it, how come I have these fits where I just need to, to hide from people? And then this concept of boundaries came through as soon as the new year hit. And I realized that boundaries are actually what uh, keep you able to live with an open heart because you know what you need to feel safe and that they actually aren't these walls, these defensive walls of fear. Mm -hmm. They are knowing what you need and giving it to yourself so that you can. It's the knowledge of, hey, man, don't don't fall out of this window right now. Like that kind of a boundary. Like I know not to walk out this window. You have a certain boundary with with people and relationships in order to not fall and plummet to the ground. Right. But that doesn't mean that looking out this window, I don't have a boundless love to share. Exactly. Oh, that is such a beautiful way of putting it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's lovely. That's really beautiful. So yeah. then in, the ter- in, in terms of that, are you like, I, I suppose you're working on the self, you know, because I, I guess I, what I've come to realize lately is, you know, I'm such like a romantic my whole life. I get very caught up with the concept of romance and with, with, with love in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, but every time it comes to me, I'm just not ready. Like I'm not the person that I need to be to fully like nourish that. And I suppose maybe who, the people that I choose are also not, not there. Mm-hmm. So then we both are stuck with this kind of idea or this fantasy of what we wanted it to be. And with the reality of us not being quite so, ready for it. So I'm wondering, do you feel that? Do you feel? So, uh, my belief is that the, the people you attract in your life are mirrors of, of aspects of yourself. So, yeah, um, every single person. Right. So the interesting pattern with me for a long time was I kept connecting with men that couldn't commit for some, for kind of that reason where there's a part of themselves that they're still working on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and finally, when I realize that it's me that's not ready to commit, when it, the reason that I'm drawn to these humans is because I'm not ready, it was like, oh, then go do what you need to do to get ready. And yeah. I know that you're never going to be perfect. No one's ever going to be perfect. Right. There's no perfect time to fall in love. There's no, there's no such thing as like being 100% ready in anything. No. Um, and if you live that way, you'll never be in a relationship and you'll never create anything of any meaning. So I understand that. However, it's dealing with what, what are your fears and um, how can you give yourself what you need so that uh, you meet a person and you are just, you feel safe to fall in love. Yeah, that is so, it's such a big thing. And it's such a rare thing to feel completely safe and vulnerable with a person, which, which I suppose it shouldn't be rare, you know, but we just, we do have so many fears about mm-hmm. ourselves that, that don't allow us to feel totally safe with everybody. And then me personally, like, yeah, I'm very sensitive too. And it's like, if I open up my heart and then even a little bit, I feel like it was misinterpreted or like I was miscommunicated. And then I start feeling like real blocked off and defensive about things. And I'm like, right. And that's why boundaries are so beautiful. And, and something I, I'm, I kind of started participating in, in my own life in the past year where like, I know what I need. I know what I want. And, 
Um, I know the kind of life that I live, mm-hmm. like, uh, something for me, I'm, I'm sober. And so for me, it's, it's, I know that I don't like to be around people who are inebriated and that's not a judgment on them. I believe that everyone can do whatever they want. Totally. But for me personally, I know that I'm uncomfortable when people are, you know, drunk around me and yeah. things like that. And so, and so a boundary like that, it's like, it's, um, it's drawing in humans and not compromising. Cause like, I'll admit I tried those dating apps on your phone. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I mean, I know, every I, time I, I do it, too. I just, I, I was feeling like, what am I doing? I don't believe in this. I, I, you know, and I went back and forth. Like, I'm like, I'm open to this. This makes sense. Like, sure. You know, yeah. I'm open to this working out, but then ultimately, yeah, like I deleted them all like a month ago and I've just been, yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, I believe is, in I'm focusing too much. People. I, exactly. I believe in meeting humans and having, and, and we've, we've stopped dating. We've stopped getting to know people mm. and we've made these very, uh, definitive decisions as soon as we meet a person based off of mostly bullshit. Yeah. And it's true. the truth is, is there's, if you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life, like I know for a fact, like I'm interested in meeting my partner and my mm-hmm. partner, as in not the person that completes me, but the person that I'm going to build a life with. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, and who has I'm on own, board with that as yeah. well. And so if that's, if that's what I'm attracting in, then it doesn't have to happen overnight. Because exactly. that's not... Yeah, if it's going to be a lifelong thing. There are, the, the thing I understand, like we were saying before, is we already have this person. This person is already with us. It's just that we maybe aren't interacting with them in a way that we will eventually. And like we were saying earlier, you know, this concept of... You know, I, I meet some people sometimes who are, I feel so caught up with the idea of self-love that they miss a certain point of view, which is that if I'm a, be- if I'm a flashlight shining out into the darkness and you're a flashlight shining out at the darkness, and we put our two lights together, that's just a brighter, more beautiful light shining into the darkness. But if you face your flashlights toward each other, then, then it's it not brighting up, it's not lighting up that's anything. That's a beautiful exactly. addition. Beautiful addition to that metaphor. And I totally, I've been saying for years that I don't want someone to look at, I want someone to look with. out with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and that's, that's the thing, a partner... Um, one of my closest friends, uh, Preston Davis, or Preston, he goes by Preston Smiles, and his fiance Alexi Panos, they're an incredible company. I mean, a, well, they have a company, but they're an incredible couple. They um, call each other partner in shine, and they're now <laughs> traveling the Love globe, it. lecturing about what it is to be in a relationship like this, like a partner, partner in, in shine. shine. I mean, which so is good. literally just the flashlight. I yeah, can't wait no, to exactly. share that with them. Exactly. That's it, and it's um, and that that's a, exactly what they're doing. That that is what I want. You know, I want to build a thing with an individual who we both mutually believe in each other and what we're doing. Yes, travel, spread, you know, make people happy and everything. And then I feel what gets in the way of that is is my sort of, you know, the ego and the wanting of me, like we we're talking about earlier, to be in charge of my vision or whatever. And so what I'm realizing I'm needing is somebody whose vision is so acutely, you know, close enough to mine to where we, we can sh- just build it together. But it's like you have to have total trust. All right. Check this out. So. <laughs> all right. So you're, a uh, deep seated fear. Is, I've, I've let. It's because it called? 
My shizubble. Your shizubble is, yeah. Um, I've actually worked through this within myself. And it's really exciting because I had this fear that, like, I love my life so much. And the more that I create these beautiful rituals, like I have a morning ritual and it includes meditation and writing and the things that matter to me and empower me and get me ready for the day. Um, And I have this fear and it kept growing that if I met someone all of that would go to go to shit. Right, because you and just I would want to lay there. Let go. Yeah, you want to yeah, whatever it is. And that's that's been the pattern in my relationships. When I'm in a relationship with someone, I sort of drop those things to live my life with them. But what I realize is when you find your partner in shine, that stuff is only heightened my favorite and term appreciated. Of all time now. Yeah. And and that 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 is um, actually respected and honored and a partner in shine is someone who has their own ritual exactly, and that yeah. supports you in whatever yours is and continues to do theirs, whether it mm. be completely different or the same. Um, and, and it's like having faith in the fact that our partner in shine faith will only so huge. make your life better. There's, right. there's ease about it. Oh, I met this woman the other night. It was so cool. So she, so first I connected with the man and then I connected with a woman of this couple and they were just beautiful humans. And I was talking to her and she said, you know, I kept dating guys and the thought was they're so great, but, and then I met this guy and it, there was no, but. And so she asked me later in conversation, do you know what you want? Do you know what you need in a relationship? And I said, yeah, a man with no, but. Which I mean, B U T, not B U T. Sure, sure. But, you need the B U T. But it's like, it's like that's it. It's simple. And right. I and I and I truly believe in that. I think that that's a lovely thing to truly believe in. And I and I also, you know, and well, it does make me think, though, you know, that it's like we. I always, I do want to keep in mind too that it's like not perfect, you know, humans going to make mistakes, not always going to be a partner of shine. Like in every moment is it's like, I want to be, and I strive to be that certainly, but I have weak moments, you know, and I am sensitive and things like that. And so I feel what the true partner in shine for me will do is to just recognize that within me maybe, and not, not like lose faith in me as a, as a shining person, when I have a glimpse of darkness. You know? I think the partner in shine, when you can't hold your flashlight, they pick it up for you. We'll help you. Yeah, we'll help you raise that's, your arm. That's yeah. what it is. Because yeah. it's true. I mean, sometimes I feel like a sun and sometimes I feel like a black hole. Like I can completely turn into a black hole. I just, mm. I'm just like, you know, I'm just, I don't. And that is something that I, that I, that I work on. But um, yeah, it's hard for me. I mean... My, the, the, the partner in shine will, will be a deep space explorer, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, metaphors. Yes. You metaphors make me shizubble. Oh, metaphors and similes. <laughs> I just I use shizubble as a... Look at Snowy Mountain in the distance. What is that? Is that real? And there's a person walking on that roof. There's so many cool things outside this window. If only um, you could see. Hmm. So we're going to take another little break and this is the, the audio portion number two. Normally, it's, you know, we do two things for the guests, but today I do want to pay tribute and honor to a person who is David Bowie because David Bowie passed away yesterday, and that 
affected me in a really intense way. And it's weird because I don't usually get affected by people who I don't know dying. But for him, it was like I was just listening to his music a lot lately. And the story of him as a person is the most beautiful fucking thing. He was barely a person. He was just a spirit, really. And he was like an angel. And he was here on, on Earth. And to his dying last breath, shared his soul and his art with us. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you haven't seen the video to Lazarus, I, like, recommend that you watch it because it is intense, man. It's like he knew he was going to die. And so he put together this last album and shared it with us. And then he died in his bed around all of his friends and loved ones. Mm-hmm. And like, the, what a way to live a life. The story of David Bowie. And I had this weird realization yesterday, too, about death. And I realized yesterday, even though I've never met him, even though I've never known him, yesterday was the first day of my life that I lived without David Bowie being on the earth you know, without that presence. It's very strange. Like anyone who dies, who's older than you, it's, it's suddenly the first day that you're ever experiencing without them there. I'd like to argue. Please. That idea. That they're still here. Um, have you read many lives, many masters? No. Okay. So the beginning of spiritual psychology, um, a man came out, he was a therapist. He did, uh, hypnosis. Um, to pass regression into your childhood to figure out, you know, how to heal phobias. And a woman had tried many different psychologists, couldn't get any help. She had every phobia in the book. She couldn't even live anymore. It was like, it was too much. And so she was given his name. And um, he, he did a regression for her, you know, her childhood. And she went back to when she was a little girl in Egypt, uh, like 500 BC. Mm-hmm. And the book is quoted. It's nonfiction. And it's basically um, her telling, I mean, under hypnosis, sharing her past lives and the progression of what happens when she leaves the planet Earth and then when she comes back and where she is, which is still around here. It's just in a realm. It's just above, right. you know? yeah. And, uh, and then also has the masters come through, like the ascended masters, um, come through her and she's not aware of any of it. And they give messages to the therapist, straight to the therapist that the human woman that's sitting in front of him never knew. And, um, and so I think that reading this book was I mean, when you're ready for it, it'll come to you. It's like, it, mm-hmm. it'll, it's life changer, 100%. Um, but one of the beautiful things about it is that it's fact. And it's fact of what happened. It's just a telling of exactly what happened. And there's no denying, there's no more denial of past lives once you read this book. And, and the comfort is that, oh man, everything is perfect. Like, we're just like using this body for a second and then we're going to use another one and then when we're done we'll go travel somewhere else and it's all beautiful and fine and David Bowie is that energy right now is probably here present with us in this room and it's like I know I mean there's just yeah, because no it was never David Bowie. Even he was just a it vessel was a soul of the spirit in in that yeah. form for that lesson right. for that service that, that he gave on. to the world. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's oh. the the yeah. I guess I was only speaking purely about the physical the physical form 
of specific oh. of a specific vessel. But absolutely, the spirit. I mean, I, re- I even wrote that on my Facebook post about him. I was like, David is within us all right this moment. Like he's now a part of all of us even more. Um, but anyway, wow. the, yeah, this is that's all very wonderful and, and true, and I, I believe it. And I, I imagine that that vessel is probably an ascended master at this point. I was probably, I would not be surprised if that was the last life. Though I have a feeling that maybe our last life was a cat. His cats are so trippy, you know, but anyway, I'm going to play this song, Lazarus, even though it's not mine, even though I don't know about copyrights, anything like that. I just don't care if somebody's going to sue me over having this song on my podcast right now, then please, please do. Uh, this is going to be Lazarus by David Bowie. Here it is. His, his final message to, to us.
Welcome back. We're going to make it the podcast with Devin Bonet. Uh, wow, that was intense. We just watched the music video to Lazarus. It's frightening, a little eerie, you know, just frightening. But he was sitting there, you know, he had cancer, I guess, for a year and a half or something like that. And didn't, nobody knew, didn't tell anybody. And you can see, like, the struggle of him dying and, and trying to write his last you know, message to the world. Man. Yeah, and I just want to look up Lazarus. Lazarus? Lazarus um, from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, And know that story, because I don't know that story. And now I'm like... I know, I don't either, really. What was he, what was the... The meaning behind that? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Are you looking it up right now? Jesus restores Lazarus um, for four days after his death. Oh, he brings him back to life for four mm. days after he dies. I know that much. And he was a follower of Jesus. That's what it says. But, um, yeah, that was intense. Yeah, really intense. And then the Black Star video, watch on your own time as well. That one's, it came out first. That one's really intense as well. And beautiful. Um, yeah, that was some beautiful. I just feel in like a pulse tidal wave of energy when he, you know, when his spirit, when the energy passed on. Because it was like, I just, you know, yeah, I feel it. Become, become me, become you, become all of us. It's really trippy. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening to that. And we'll just we'll take a quick break while we prepare some more uh, haikus and poems and things. And then we'll close out the show with that. And here we go. All right, welcome back. So the first haiku... Uh, that we got on the on the Facebook feed is from Robert J. Mills, who is a very important individual to me. And earlier, last year at this time, Robert and I were working on an album called Atlantis and the Diamond Planet. And it was very David Bowie influenced. We were listening, you know, the, his, his sort of the, the space opera and the story of like enlightenment is what Atlantis and the Diamond Planet is about. And so we made that last year together. And his haiku here is, The stardust is gone, though it will stay within us. Fare thee well, Starman. That is his quote. I'm sure that he is very feeling the, the depth of, of that as well over there. And he's in New York, in New York City. And he's a beautiful man. So thank you, Robert, for that. Wow. You're the only one who, who got a haiku in on time because I only put it up 30 minutes ago like a fool. <laughs> um, but... Camilla, did you have one that you wanted to read? Well, actually, that... It kind of is inspired by that. There's um, something I read once. It's in this really beautiful meme-type thing. I love them. Um, Words and memes have the absolute power to just put your focus on the right shit. I mean, they really do. My Instagram feed is just inspirational quotes, I feel like. And it (laughs) it makes me so happy. Um... But yeah, we started, or someone started this motivational change in, the, in your email. 
in the email and I in an email <laughs> and I hope that y'all get it because it's like it's it's a chain where you basically to strangers you just are sending um, motivational stuff and I sent this to someone it says you are a ghost driving a meat coated skeleton made from stardust riding a rock hurtling through space fear, fear nothing. nothing yes yeah. I recall and that one I mean stardust man I know the stardust it's pretty freaking beautiful fear uh, nothing fear nothing just... you know and that that quote is like I always kind of struggle with that this concept of, of having no fear you know it's like it's more like recognizing that your fear just is love it's not having no fear because having no fear just doesn't make sense to me in the human the human predicament like my spirit has no fear but my body and my mind have fear well fear has a very <laughs> like i go straight into um the intellect behind it it's fear goes fear has a purpose fear is when a bear is coming at you you purposefully feel fear so that you have your adrenaline pumping and you can fight off a bear or run from a bear yeah. that's what the purpose is unfortunately we've come to a place in our society where we live in this state of and there's only two there's actually only two modes for your cells to be in it's either growth or stagnation slash fear. And we've come to a point in our life where we are fearful. We own guns because we're scared, apparently. We, um, you know, we hide behind computers when we talk to people and, and cell phones when we talk to people. We text message because we're scared. We're living in a scared society for really no reason. And um, because of that, uh, it's like we're stagnant and we're dying. And... Um, as opposed to using fear for what it's for, which is a very, when your life is being threatened, mm -hmm. you're fearful to activate adrenaline. But if you're always in this constant state of fear, then your adrenals are just going nuts. Yeah. And your butt, it's not natural. So it's not natural. Fear is purposeful, but there's no reason to be in fear at this point in your life. Yeah. I mean, in the way that we are. If you have a house and... There's no bear attacking you. It's like, yeah. calm down. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's, uh, it's an intense mm, subject. But yes, I would now like to read a quote from one of my, my favorite book. It's Illusions by Richard Bach. And the quote, there's a bunch of quotes, and I'm happy to read freaking all of them. But this first one here says, The bond that links your true family is not one of blood, but of respect and joy in each other's life. And rarely do members of one family grow up under the same roof. So, my friends and my puffins out there, you and my doves. This is really for my doves, you know. Not my doves, but just the doves. Doves out there. Doves are the beautiful people. Camilla, you're a dove. You know, everyone, a lot of people I know are doves. You're either a dove or you're a poser. That's just the only way that there is. <laughs> and, um, you know, seek your spirit family. They're out there. They're already a part of you. Just connect with them. Run into contact with them. And you will. You don't even have to make a positive, you know, you don't even have to be thinking about that because it's just going to happen naturally if that's what you're thinking about. But... You know, if you're thinking about other things, you're going to attract those things. It's very true. You know, like attracts like. That power of attraction is very, very real and powerful because, you know, this concept that our thoughts live within us is kind of insane 
to me. Like, when I speak to you right now, Camilla, mm. as, as you stare off into the pine cone distance, you know, there is a, an actual vibrational wave emitting that is hitting you. And when I think a thought, the same thing is happening. It's just a different frequency of wave, I think. Does that mean that we can send love with a thought and we can improve a person's Absolutely, especially if you've met them because of quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement. If mm. you've already come into contact with a person, you already basically are that person. Mm. And so you can kind of send these telepathic, as it were, messages to people. And there's, I mean, in my life, there's like, like eerie evidence of that constantly. Like, you know, like it mm. always shows up. Mm-hmm. So I no longer doubt it. Basically, I've like, I, I do go back and forth from doubting it, but recently I was just like, I read this book called E Squared. I don't know if you know that one. You read that one? I haven't read it, but I've heard amazing things. It, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I've read so many books like E Squared, but it's, it's just a matter of rereading it, refocusing your attention on it, and affirming once again that it's like, no, dude, this is some real ass shit. This is like evidence. The, the, in the beginning of the book, it says this beautiful story uh, about this power that we have to sort of perform these miracle telepathic type of things, manifestation. She says her and her boyfriend or whoever she was with at the time were staying in this trailer up in the mountains and it was freezing. And all night they were like trying to blankets and tried all these things to like warm themselves up. And in the morning when it got daylight, they realized that there was actually a space heater right there that they could have just turned on the whole time. So this concept, this field of potentiality, as she puts it, is just a space heater that's actually available to us at all time, and we just need to turn it on. We just don't realize that it's right there with us at all times, and that we just need to turn it on. We're working so hard to heat ourselves up when yeah. there's a fucking space when there's just heater a space right heater, there. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's funny. It's much more simple than it seems, and it's because, and you know, and someone like Jesus was able to defeat the thought system of the world. You know, and that's why like this sort of miracles and things like that, walking on water, whatever, the thought never occurred to, you know, if I step on this, I'm going to fall in the water. That's, that's just not a thought that occurred. Mm-hmm. And that's how you, you do it. You know, if you can really focus your intention like a goddamn freaking laser beam mm-hmm. onto the love and the positive side of things, then that is the truth. You know, in illusions, this is, is the same, same stuff. Uh, right before the new year, a lot of things a lot of people were saying what they want to let go of you know there's a lot of and that still happens what do I want to stop doing what do I want to get rid of right blah 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 the truth is the only way to let go of something is to grab onto something else exactly what do you I want o- to you're doing? always holding something that's yeah. human life is that we're holding all of this energy and so so it's just what do you want to pick up and putting all your focus on picking up that um, picking up health. I'm picking up health. And then naturally what happens is um, any disease or anything will fall off. But when you're focusing on trying to get rid of something, you're just... You're, exactly. You're going insane. You're favoring the negative. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, and it's, it's very easy to do because of how many people around us are stuck in it. And they're trying... You know, it's easy to yeah. get caught up in this, like, favoring the negative point of view. But it's really remarkably easier to favor the light point of view if you just do it. Do it. And, you know? and here, I just want to say one thing about the poem that I shared um, because I, I I was in a place of a lot of joy coming into this ID, 
idea and actually practicing it. And all of these wonderful things were happening in my life and I was creating a life that I was really proud of and I wanted to share that success with people. And unfortunately, when I shared it with people, some people didn't like to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. They thought I was bragging. They thought that... um, you know, they compared why did it happen to her, not me. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to bring me down basically is how it, it, it was manifesting. And, and it's a beautiful lesson for me. I'm very grateful that that happened and we've healed our relationships, my relationships with those people since then. But it's just, it's just goes to show you, um, that like, I want to live as an example and inspire others and I'm doing that with joy. And if that makes waves in people, I have no regret because I believe on a subconscious level, I'm giving permission to other people to pursue their joy as well and to live as a light. Yeah, as if they need permission, they don't. But it's, you know, it's very cool to be sad. It's very cool right. to be like, it to is. use drugs. The it's idea of being cool, cool to is be dark. like half and the problem. The thing is like, yeah, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be cool. When I was an adult, I wanted to be a good person. Mm. I wanted to be a good human. There's this great quote from a song. If a cool guy's cool in a forest, nobody cares. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, that's off of uh, totally. Chance the Rapper's most recent project called Surf. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And if you, do you know Esther Hicks? Esther uh-huh. and Jerry Hicks? They channel Abraham, which is basically the masters. Okay. Um, but Esther, Abraham speaks right through her and, and what Abraham... The masters say is uh, the first step in finding you know real bliss and real joy and tapping into this is not caring what anybody thinks. Yeah, that's that's, that's so crucial. If you don't want to be depressed, stop caring what people think. You know. Yeah. You be true to who you are, no matter what. Yeah, and what's hard too, and what I've always felt, you know, is that I'm such a sum and a collective of my influences, you know, of the things around me, that it is hard to know who you are without this idea of comparing and reflecting upon what everything else around you is in the external world. Because who we are internally, of course, is just this beautiful, boundless spirit of, of love. And, and you know, I believe that anyway, and everyone is that. But then in dealing with this fucking, this is this illusion that we have to deal with, this mm-hmm. like physical reality, which I personally don't really even care for that much mm-hmm. a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, it is hard to know who you are and how how to operate within that without... Like I said, I'm just repeating myself now, but without a reflection. But that's why it's important to be a positive reflection for other people so that when, when you look at somebody and you say, hey, man, you are this beautiful thing, then they think of themselves, like, oh, okay, I am this beautiful thing, as opposed. Um, D- Denzel Washington talks about, uh, he has this quote, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's, it's um, if I'm a cup maker, my job is to focus on making the best cup not to worry about what other people are going to think about the cup. And Andy Warhol also has a quote similar to that, that my job is to do the work, not to worry about what people are going to think of my work. Right. And and why I'm saying that is we're all creators. Whether you have a creative career or not doesn't matter. The fact is, is that as a human, we create. I believe and it too. whether we create life or create uh, jobs or create um, a table, we're creators. And in that our job is not to judge the creation. It is to create. And when you're in that flow, like that's what I'm saying about picking up that, picking that up, picking up the title of creator and creating something, picking up a project, automatically your worries and cares of what people are going to think about it dissipate because your focus is now on creating an amazing life. 
creating an amazing table, creating an amazing book, creating an amazing family. Mm-hmm. And no longer do you have time or energy to sit there and wonder if you're going to look like the perfect family, if it's going to be the perfect table, if anyone's going to buy it. Yeah. My, my father in the 80s, he's a social psychologist. He told me a story when I was young, and I'm so grateful for it. He developed a theory called um, terror management theory. And now it's well known and it's taught in like Psych 101 um, all, all across the world. But uh, in the 80s, he would go to these conferences, him and his partners. And he's someone who doesn't care what anyone thinks. So he doesn't follow fashion. He doesn't follow. He's, he's who he is 100%. And he would go to these conferences and share their theory and their research. And people would laugh at them. They just couldn't even deal. They didn't take them seriously, blah, blah, blah. Well, here we are almost 30 years later, and he's got five books out. He's, the, the theory has spread worldwide. He travels the world, and it's one of the most basic psychological theories, which is, base, which is that the, our subconscious fear of death um, is why we do everything that we do. And, and, but he told me that, and he said, I stuck with it. I didn't care what they thought. I kept doing my research, and I believed in what we were doing. And there you go. That's so beautiful. It's beautiful that you come from people who do that because that that is like such an amazing like head start for you in a way. You know, you were like that's that's so beautiful. You're in a position of like being able to exercise this love in an even more profound way because you have you come from that, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful. And I I love that. And you can continue to push that forward as well. As I assume, if you have a child someday, it'll be similar situation with them. I think that's so cool. Thanks. Yeah. One other thing that he said, um, he took my mom to her first opera and she didn't come from any money or anything. She didn't know. And neither of them really do, but, um, he loves art, music, you know? And so he brought her to the opera and she didn't know, she showed up in jeans, you know, her Mm -hmm. nicest Levi's. And she was mortified because they looked like, homeless people (laughs) compared to what was going on around them, pearls and diamonds and gowns. And so she told my father, she said, I, I'm sorry, we got to go. I feel like disgusting. Everyone's looking at us. People think we're homeless. And he said, I never read anywhere on the ticket that you had to dress a certain way to enjoy music. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. The, the last part of the thing I like to do on the show is talk about things we're grateful for. So I think that's a good segue into it. Parents, I'm insanely grateful for my parents. I say that every show, but mm. what am I going to do? You know, that's mm. what I'm grateful for. I guess it's more about what the guest is grateful for, but I assume you're... Well, I'm grateful for my parents too. Yeah. I'm also really grateful for this podcast. Like I, I think that this conversation, I hope it inspired or enlightened someone or entertained well, someone. I mean, we, but have, we have half a million people listening. Mm. I'm, I'm sure it did. More than that, the half a million people who enjoyed this, I enjoyed it. And Good. I'm super grateful because this carry will carry out through my week. And Me I'm too. Just, I'm very grateful for you coming, showing up for this, despite all of my not being able to get it together all these previous times we've tried to do it. <laughs> and I'm really glad. It's done. We did it. You know, it's, I'm so happy about that. Indeed. Yeah. I'm grateful as well. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for so many people. I'm grateful for Olivia for so that I could meet you. I'm yeah. grateful for Vicky Boone so that I met Olivia. I'm yeah. grateful for my dad every, so how that I met Vicky Boone. It just, it just goes on and yes. on. I'm just so grateful, grateful for, for so many people. 
for everyone. I'm grateful for, for, for myself. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for... Grateful for my phone. I'm grateful for yes, this decaf latte tools. that Devin purchased for me today that I really mm-hmm. wanted. Grateful for my new car. I'm grateful for I want the new car. all the money that has ever come into my life that fed me, mm-hmm. whether through my parents or myself. It's right. what about I'm grateful for every every piece of food that has ever nourished Everything. me. Every morsel of oxygen. Everything. This is just turning into a love fest. I mean, it's ridiculous. This We're is grateful pure endlessly. Yeah. This is pure shizzle. We're shizubble. grateful for shizzle. <laughs> we are grateful for the shizzle that lives inherently within all of us, that we explode like a bounce house, <gasps> and it's it's lovely. Everyone, blow up your bounce houses of shizzle and get in there and jump around. All right. Thank you so much, Camilla Greenberg, for being on my podcast. Thank you. We're gonna make it about love. Boom. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Go have a beautiful day, everybody. <gasps> Goodbye. Perfectly normal for a mere mortal